of the year. And it was doing the because I was watching the Diamondbacks. I guess I think you're playing Houston because I knew remember like mm-hmm. those games mattered for like all the, the playoff stuff. Um, right. And and then like so all of a sudden, like I saw like Longoria was up and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Another Longoria. And then they should, like did a close up on his face. I'm like, wait a minute. That looks a lot like Evan Longoria. <laughs> oh, God, it's Evan Longoria. Oh, God. Oh, no. Yeah, and then you watch him stand there, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's him, all right. Yeah. Yeah, I was oh, hell, Good for him. Yeah. Get paid, young man. Absolutely. Get paid as long as you can. Hell, yeah. <clears throat> Never hang him up if you don't have to. True. True. Mm-hmm. Man. Man, I'll tell you what. We are very close right now to um, the the greatest NLCS of all time. 100% not happening at all. I know. I know. I'm so sad. I'm not. I'm just laughing about Oh, man. That because I just, I, I abnormally just love Bryce Harper, so. I'm like a complete Bryce stand. I know. I'm just like, I just, I, I feel like it's what we deserve. We deserve Braves Dodgers. The problem is the Braves are like, when it comes to their pitching at this point, they're just like a shell of what they really are. Which is, uh, which is just bizarre. I don't, I don't understand how this happened. Like, it's like I, everybody died like in the last three weeks. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, uh, it's rough. But hey, on the bright side for the Dodgers, they didn't get shelled in the first inning finally. True, true. And I have, I, I can't watch it, but I do have the, I have the MLB game day for Twins Houston up right now. So that'll. So how about I can't watch, I can't watch, I'm still having this issue. I can't get Fox. On what? Anything. Wait, really? Like, yeah. So Fox, like, fucked around, found out, and, like, messed around with their app, apparently, over the summer. So there's no longer, like, a, quote, Fox app where you can just watch, like, what's on Fox. Now there's a Fox Sports app. But here's Uh the problem. When I go in to sign into the Fox Sports app, Uh it it has been telling me, it has been telling me this for six weeks because I'm trying to watch the damn like Big Ten football game on Saturday sometimes. It's like um uh this channel's not included in your package. And I'm like, the hell, it's Fox. And I have called and I've argued with Optimum, and they're like, Oh well, I don't know why it's doing that. It should be because you are paying for it, even though I use my dad's login, but still. So Anisha found something. She said she read where, like, if you're not watching it on your home network, like, you can't be guaranteed to, like, get your local or something. Yep. That's exactly what it is. Um, Because I So apparently that's what's fucking me. I used to do the same thing with my mom's Spectrum because she has Uh Spectrum cable down at the beach. And for a good long while, I used that to log into because the... The, the mm-hmm. homeowners association, the dude who's like the head of it is like super nice. And he's like, yeah, sure. You can have the account information. I don't give a fuck. Um, so I would just log in to their account and on mm-hmm. my devices here 
and watch it. And then like one day it just completely stopped working. And I started looking up and it's like, oh yeah, if you're not on the network and because they're all on like the same sort of pseudo network at her place, it just stopped working. Uh All right, well, fuck that, I guess. Yeah. So I'm kind of like, well, it's like, yeah, you know, uh, sort of sad. Of course, the Red Sox aren't in the playoffs. But at the same time, I would be more pissed than I've ever been pissed in my life if I couldn't watch the Red Sox playoff games. Yeah. So until I figure out how I want to how I want to remedy this situation. But it's like everything else works fine. So mm-hmm. it's like I'm not going to get my own cable plan to pay like 60 bucks a month to watch the big noon game and a few playoff baseball games. So it's just Fox? Just Fox. That's weird. ESPN works fine. Um, excuse me. Anything else that I have, like my thing logged through, works fine. Huh. It is just freaking Fox. Wow. And it's driving me. Oh God, it's driving me ape shit. So I bought. I even bought like a. Um, I bought like an antenna. Uh-huh. And uh when I try to use it in my house now, so we've we've opened the cave down here. The new cave is open mm-hmm. with my freaking 85 inch TV that I'm watching baseball on right now, which makes me gorgeous. A little turned on, but you know. Um yeah. Um I, I can't get signal out of here because like half this room is brick. Uh so I bought this antenna that like won't give me shit, and then it wouldn't give me Fox anyway. It gave me like 20 channels and none of them were WRAZ. So I'm like, bitch. So I took it to my front TV and I just can't get that one to like hook into it. So I I, I don't know. I don't know. And the next big thing I want to watch is the, um, I want to watch Penn State, Ohio State in a few weeks. Sure. And I'm like literally just trying to figure out how the hell I'm going to watch it. So yeah, I guess it's It's like that. It's like, do yeah. I do I shell out a month of Sling TV? But can I be guaranteed to get it on Sling? I guess I would. I don't know. Um, so that's what I did for the World Cup, but something went wrong. Oh, and Lord. I'm trying to remember. Because I remember, I had to, I, I'm trying to remember now why. I had to end up watching almost every match on Fox Deportes. Or, or or Telemundo or what, whatever whatever it is um, <laughs> because I couldn't I can't remember if it was Fox Sports 1 or Fox that I could it for some reason still would not let me actually do it because yeah I, I had the same thing for the World Cup I was like oh I'll just sign up for like a month of sling they were even like running ads promoting it mm-hmm. and yeah. like i signed in and i was like well what the hell is this i can't i can't do anything to it so i you might want to make sure because i i'm trying to i'm going to their website right now and i'm trying to remember why it didn't actually work um yeah it was it was oh. it, there was something wrong with it. Oh, pisses me off. Yeah, we we it lost we lost the streaming off. wars. Yeah, big time. 
that's that's really what happened it was like who's gonna win is it gonna be hulu is it gonna be netflix it's like no we lost we we lost that that's all that matters we lost yeah yeah because it's like you know if i could go pay them 10 bucks a month just to like like if fox would do like a peacock type thing Mm -hmm. i pay you i pay you between eight to ten dollars a month for that just so I can watch live sports on it. But no, of course, Fox is like the only one that won't do it. You know, I've got Paramount, which covers my CBS. Mm-hmm. I've got Peacock, which covers my NBC. I've got ESPN, which covers my ABC and my ESPNs. And I'm just sitting there with freaking Fox. And I'm married to a freaking Penn State fan. And like their two biggest games of the season are coming up in the next month. And right now I'm like, we can't watch them because they're on Fox at big noon. I wonder, because I guess ABC technically owns, or Disney owns Fox now. Now, Disney owns ESPN and ABC. Well, they own Fox, Fox? because that's how how they got The Simpsons on Disney Plus, isn't it? Like, I think they own some part of Fox. I don't know, because I'll tell you, it's like the whole, like, ESPN versus Fox is like the war over college football. Yeah, and I know that's that's what's like makes it a little confusing, but I'm yeah the, something hat like let me wait let me see. So Disney bought Fox. Um, yeah, it was the acquisition of 21st Century Fox by the Walt Disney Company was announced on December 14th, 2017, and completed on March 20th, 2019. Um, among other key assets, the acquisition included 20th Century Fox Film and TV Studios. U.S. cable channels such as FX, Fox Network Groups, a 73% stake in National Geographic Partners, Indian television broadcaster Star India, and a 30% stake mm-hmm. in Hulu. Um, oh, one day before the acquisition, 21st Century Fox spun off the Fox Broadcasting Company, Fox Television Stations, Fox News Channel, Fox Business, Fox Sports 1 and 2, Fox Deportes, and the Big Ten Network into the newly formed Fox Corporation. Okay, so that's why it's still different um but things like that's why like spoilers for watch four i know this now uh archer is on hulu because fx is all on that shit um uh so that's okay but i so i wonder if maybe that's part of the reason like it's it's still shitty is because they just i don't know i don't know that's weird i don't know but they're basically ruining my life and by god have they forgotten who the hell i am you're the main character. They might have, because Ed, you haven't told the folks who we are yet. That's true. Because apparently we're doing a podcast right now. Ten minutes in. Welcome to the Foreign Affair Podcast, episode 478. Uh, this is ostensibly a soccer podcast. Welcome. But anybody who could help me with my Fox conundrum, I would be more than happy oh man i hope so i hope somebody out there can help you um this, i'm edward green joined as always by my calling crime west bradshaw as minnesota is down to their last out of this playoff season um we're not gonna talk well we might talk a little about that who knows um we are gonna mm-hmm. talk about the premier league week that was <clears throat> week eight of the premier league is in the books as we head into our second international break of the season. So we'll be breaking down the week that was another another interesting week in the Premier League. Interesting in air quotes. Uh, we'll hit the news and notes. Uh, we will pimp the athletic, hit up the watch four. 
uh, which I may have already slightly spoiled a little bit for mine at least. And mm -hmm. uh, we'll call it a pod. Um, so let's get started on the week that was in the Prem. Uh, we start off with our first game of the week on an early Saturday morning. It was Lutton nil, Tottenham Hotspur one. It's Mickey Vandeven. Who's going to replace Harry Kane? Apparently, every defender on Tottenham just scores goals now. Every, uh, Mickey, everyone. Everyone's every. replacing Harry Kane. God, you in theory in full effect. Mickey Vandeven <laughs> opens his Tottenham account in the 52nd minute after Spurs had gone down to 10 men. Worrying trend there. Uh, as Eves Basuma picked up his <laughs> second yellow card on the stroke of halftime and was sent off. Uh, worst news for Basuma still, even though he will be suspended for the next match against Fulham because of the second yellow, uh, it does not actually reset his um, his yellows progress. So he actually stays on four yellow cards. And if he gets a yellow card in his next oh, match, he, <laughs> for some reason, uh, it would still be five in the first 10, which also carries for the suspension. So I forget what's after Fulham, but if he gets a yellow card in that match, it would <laughs> still, he would, I believe the one after that is Chelsea. So... Uh, gonna be gonna be interesting to see how he plays there. But Tottenham still survive the last half uh, half hour or so. They get a big win on the road um, as they stay top of the Premier League. So weird as Minnesota just got eliminated. Goodbye, and now I don't have to think about you for another four months. Um, elsewhere, Chelsea four, Burnley one. Oh, are they are they are they Barack? Are they so Barack? I don't know yet. But right now, Chelsea is still going through the easier part of their schedule. Do pick up a much-needed win as they beat down Burnley 4-1. Um, goals from Sterling and Jackson in the last 20 minutes of the match capped things off nicely for Maurizio Pochettino's men. Oh, excuse me real quick. Arizona just yeah. went back-to-back. -back. Oh, God. Well... This playoffs is almost officially dead to me. I don't even like Arizona, and I'm saying that. Everton three, Bournemouth nil. Thing of say, speaking of things we don't like, um, <laughs> Everton maybe maybe sort of starting to figure it out themselves, uh, and are once again lucky that there are three teams much worse than them in the Premier League right now. Um, just really doing well there. Uh, Wake Forest own Jack Harrison though. He was the man of the match in this one. Had to go in 37th minute. Also picked up an assist as they downed Bournemouth. Uh, Fulham three, Sheffield one, uh, two goals in the final 15 minutes solidified Fulham's win at Craven Cottage. Fodringham's own goal in the 76th and Willian's capper in the 92nd got things to winning ways for Fulham. Um, it was the late, late show for Manchester United, unfortunately, as they scored two goals in the final few minutes of stoppage time from Scott McTominay. Because that's that's where we are as a species now. This is how United wins football games. Two goals. McRonaldo, you mean? <laughs> Wait, mm -hmm. I mean, I like him more than Ronaldo. Um, unfortunately, Brentford could not hold on after Matias Jensen's 26th minute goal. Uh, Brentford played really well, but just could not escape those final few minutes and drop three points at Old Trafford. Uh, Crystal Palace nil, Nottingham Forest nil. They played a match at Silhurst Park. You're just going to trust me. Um, this was the match where uh, it was either going to be one team was going to score a lot and another team was going to score a little. And of course, that's not how it went. Brighton to Liverpool 
to uh, a Mo Salah brace in just four, five minutes, right on the stroke of halftime. Got Liverpool up 2-1. The Lewis Dunk 78th minute goal uh, was the great equalizer in the 78th minute. Uh, both teams coming out of the match feeling like they maybe should have had all three points for various reasons. Uh, we will be getting to that, I'm sure, in just a moment with Wes Bradshaw. But for now, uh, the teams stayed 2-2 in the draw. Uh, also 2-2, West Ham and Newcastle. Um, this is These are two really good teams. Like, these are actually two really good teams, which is not surprising from Newcastle, but somewhat surprising from West Ham. Uh, despite dominating most of the match in possession, West Ham uh, was able to still carve out uh, two goals against the run of play against Newcastle and was able to get a point at home. Wolves draw Aston Villa 1-1, and that's really important for them. They are going to need all the points they can get to stay up. Um, had a three in the books, but Pau Torres' goal just two minutes after Wolves' opener was enough for the point there. Uh, Christian Walker just homered on a line drive to left field. Arizona's up 3-0. The world is ending. Also, Arsenal 1, Manchester City 0. Um, this was not a great match of football for most of it, um, which is weird to say about two of the best teams in the league. But here we are. It just wasn't super great. Uh, Martinelli's goal in the 86th minute does win it for Arsenal, but just... If, if you looked at these two teams in a vacuum, I don't think you'd come away super impressed with either side. Uh, City have now lost back-to-back -back matches and have thrown the title race into complete disarray, which is how we have ended up at this international break with Tottenham Hotspur sitting atop the table. But that was the week that was, Wes. Uh, what were your thoughts as we come out of match week eight? Uh, me and thought this baseball game is like, shouldn't the Dodgers be putting in like their closer or something? It's the third inning and they're losing. I don't know how they do shit now with analytics. And by the way, just before I hit that, if the Dodgers go ahead and lose this, can we, are we going to just officially say that like the Dodgers are maybe the most overrated dynasty ever? Are I mean, more overrated they're, than they're the basically 90s. the 90s. Oh, the 90s Braves. Yes, yeah, that's where I was yeah. going. But you know what? I'll give the Braves. At least they actually won a legitimate World Series. True. That's true. I mean, you know, this is sorry, Dodgers. You won the weird little COVID World Series for whatever that's worth. Possibly anyway, I did, enjoy it. Did Atlanta make... Mm -hmm. Here, as you talk, I'm going to look this up, but did Atlanta actually did make it. more World Series? There's a damn good chance. Okay. Right, so. Um... Looking back at the weekend, uh, man, Tom and Hotspur. I mean, you knew coming out of that really emotional Liverpool win, and then you're going, you know, you go from the high of playing like Liverpool to playing uh, Luton Town. I mean, let's be let's be real here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, they just they just hit another freaking bomb. Christ. It's four nothing. They've hit four solo homers. Oh. Yeah, I think they're trying to say that one went foul, but uh, I don't know. Whatever. Um, and then to go down to 10 men, which Basuma, that was dumb. It was not very bright. <laughs> it was uh, as, uh, from my favorite episode of South Park. Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> um, but for t you know, down to ten men, uh, Mickey Mickey Vanderman, did I get that mm -hmm. right? Mickey Vander mm -hmm. Vanderman, yeah. 
uh, getting that goal and then Tottenham showing the nut sacks to hold on to it. I mean, that was the big thing, man. They held on and they got the win. And that's, you know, when, when you're, let me throw it in there early, Ed. When you've got some title aspirations, <laughs> those are, uh, that's what you got to, um, that's what you got to do. Oh, they're taking the home run off the board. They're saying it was foul. Ooh, interesting. Um, th- those are the matches that you look back at late in the year when you're in a title race and you're like, shit. You remember that? Uh, well, okay, it's under review. But it's like, man, you remember that day we went to Luton Town and nothing was going right and everything was going to shit. But, man, we, we pulled it out because uh, that was foul. Uh, Mickey Vanderven, you know, got us a goal and we held on to one 0 when we were down to 10 men. Those are the days you look back at. And those are the days that gulp, as I say this, can win you a title. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's a huge, huge win for Spurs. Just huge. And good on them, man. Good on them to go show the stone to go pull that off. Um, yeah, to Liverpool, which, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, at the beginning of the season, if you'd said, hey, you're going to go to Brighton and you're going to get a draw, I would have been like, all right, cool. Brighton's rough. That's that's okay. We're, that's okay. That's not a bad draw to get. Um, when you're up 2-1, you have this beautiful moment of play and the new boy Ryan Gravenberch is right there and he hits the crossbar. And then you end up drawing 2-2. Jesus, fuck. Dude, they took the home run off the board. Next pitch, he hits it out. What the hell is going on? This is this is absolutely incredible. Next pitch, he turns on it and hits it out of the freaking left field seats. Oh, my God. Lance Lynn has got to be point shaving here. Anyway... <laughs> Good God, everything's a strategy for having to talk about Liverpool, thankfully. Um, first team to hit four home runs in one inning in postseason history. This is insanity. And Lance Lynn is still in this baseball game somehow. Um, okay. Anyway, uh, for Liverpool, at the end of the day, you know, I heard different things. Oh, well, you know, for uh, for both teams, it can be a point one. Da, da, da. I felt it was two points lost at the end of the day just because Liverpool had the lead and Liverpool had a chance to make it 3-1 and they didn't. And then they gave up. Uh, suddenly, you know, uh, uh, Brighton's getting these free kicks in the same spot and finally they get one to go in. Uh, Lewis Dunk got the goal. Good job by him. Um, kind of sucky, though. Kind of suck. But... Uh, I, I, I'm going to tell you, that's really, that's, I watched a little bit of Brighton last season, but I really watched this one. Deserby, I really like how Brighton play. Yeah. Um, the fact that you look at the guys that they lost and the fact, and they haven't been at their best yet this year, but that's still a really good team. That's a good squad. And they've got a really good manager. Uh, you, you remember Graham Potter was like the toast of England. And left, and they might have gotten better. Yeah. 
they might have gotten a better manager in Roberto De Zerbi, who I'm a big fan of. I'm not going to be a big fan when he's the Chelsea manager in, <laughs> you know, 16 months. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's he's really good. There there was a moment in that match where um, De Zerbi was, like, of all things for Jurgen Klopp to do here, De Zerbi was, like, about to go ballistic on an <laughs> official. And Klopp just literally walked over to him in like the 70th minute and just kind of put his arms around him. And you can see him saying, look, look, just, you got to let it go. Just don't do it. You got to let it go. It's not worth it. And it's like, my God, did Jurgen Klopp just tell somebody to calm the fuck down? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but, But it was like, it was this moment of like, it was almost like this whole mentor, like student moment where Klopp was like, look, you know, I like this guy, man. I fucking like this guy. I don't, I don't want anything to like happen that overshadows whatever happens at his match. You know, so mm. it, was like, it was like this actually sweet moment, like in, 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 in this war of a match. Uh, overall, man, it was a good match. Um, it was up. It was down. It, it was what you expected from Liverpool and Brighton. It was what you expected. And, uh, like I said, you know, glad to get at least a point coming out of Brighton. Uh, just kind of sucks when you have a late lead and you and you give it up. Anyway, so so be ball, so be ball. Um, other than that, I mean, really, the big one of the weekend was obviously Arsenal and uh, Man City. Man City uh, losing back to back league matches for the first time in what about four or five years? I think they said maybe yeah. since like 2018, since that's happened. Um, Arsenal, I, th- I think Arsenal, Arsenal have taken the experience of last season and they built on it, it looks like. And that's exactly what you're supposed to do. Ed, I think we could actually have for the first time in a long time a legitimate multiple team race for oh the my. Premier League because City, let's put it this way. If you gave me City or the field at this point, I think I'd still take City. Mm-hmm. But, man, they just, right now, it's just not really clicking. Now, that doesn't mean City can't put it together and win 15 straight. But right now, it just feels like, you know, between... City, Arsenal, Tottenham, and Liverpool, that's just four good teams that are playing overall good football. Mm-hmm. Um, and City just feel a little vulnerable. And Arsenal, Arsenal especially kind of feel to me like, ooh, they could take that step. Um, I think... Just I hate to say it because I've said it. I think I think Tottenham's depth might catch up with them, and I think Liverpool's issues at the back are going to catch up with them in the long run. Mm-hmm. Um, Arsenal kind of have a feeling to me like that could be something. And I know neither of us really want to hear that or say it out loud, so... but it might just have to be our reality. I will say two two counterpoints that I'm going to try to make as non-biasedly as possible. Um, one, first of all, I think these are the four teams. I think it's City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Spurs in some order. I think they're the four best teams right now, period, the end. Yeah. Um, I think the knocks on Liverpool and Arsenal are, are, sorry, Liverpool and Spurs are very fair. 
Although I would really appreciate it if outlets like ESPN weren't so asshole about it. Um, because when yeah. I go to your app <laughs> and I and I'm scrolling through on Saturday morning after the match, and the video that's under the score of the Lutton match is titled Why Spurs Won't Be Able to Stay Top of the Premier League. And it's just Stevie Nichols saying exactly what we've been saying for, for five weeks now. Like, oh, you know, Tottenham, they just they don't have a lot of depth there. And and as soon as Sonny or Madison go down, it's just it's just gonna be terrible for them. And they're just gonna they're just gonna start dropping points. I'm like, yeah, we know, dude, but like it might not happen. Who knows? Anyway, that's my that's my mini rant. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, like I would just I wish I wish there could just be a little more optimism there, just a little more optimism. Um but yes, yeah, well, trust me. As someone, as someone who Steve Nichol is like a legend of our club, even most Liverpool fans are like Jesus Christ, Nichol. <laughs> it's just uh, how it's just how he is. He's um, I mean, I love I love listening to him because I think he's a trip, and the dude does know his ball. But he is a he is a surly, surly Scotsman. Like, I I mean, I could I could sit there and say that. We we've literally been sitting here and saying this more nicely, I think, but we've literally been sitting here and saying the same thing for three weeks. Not breaking news. Anyway, um, for Arsenal, what I would say for them is there's two things. One, they're in the Champions League, which Liverpool right now they're in Europa. Spurs have no European uh, asp- uh right. competition right now. Right, that is one thing. We'll see. We'll see, and, and we have to see Arsenal might not stay in the Champions League. They're, they are in a tough group. Um, right. A very even group, I should say. Um, the second thing is for Arsenal, they have had two straight years under Mikel Arteta where they have faded noticeably down the stretch. Uh, some of very that true. also because of injuries, um, which may suggest that they're also not super deep in a few areas. Um, and And so that's my worry is... You know, if City don't start rattling off another 17 straight wins again once we hit January, excuse me, and it is actually like a three or four horse race. When we hit April, does Arsenal have the mental fortitude to to maintain a title challenge, especially after the last mm-hmm. two years? And I know like we talk about, oh, so Spurs, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, it might happen again. I'm not I'm not saying Tottenham's better in this regard. But I, I do think until they prove it, I think it's a fair question to ask about this Arsenal group of can they sustain this level into May and through the end of the season? That's that's where I still have a question. And unfortunately, we just literally can't answer it until April. There's no other analysis to do that. Right. It's just eh, maybe right. we'll see, I guess. Um <laughs> So I guess in that way, I'm not really much better than Stevie Nickel. Um, but that would be that would be my thing. I still do think like these are definitely the four best teams in the league. I, I am interested to see how City rebounds. Um, and one thing we kind of talked a little bit towards the uh, at the end of last season, after they'd won the Champions League, um, was can City keep it going? Can they now that they have climbed the mountain? They have they have won the Champions League. They've won, I believe, three straight and four out of five Premier League titles. They won they won both right. League Cups. Um, they've essentially done it all as if once they win the Club World Cup this year. Um, it, it is gonna be, I think, maybe a challenge for Pep to, especially with some of the injuries they're having to deal with right now, to 
to get them going and and compete at the highest level every single week while you're also still in Europe, while you're in these, although they're not in the League Cup anymore, but they are still, of course, in the FA Cup. So I'm, I, I agree with you. I think, I want to say it quietly, but I think we are in for an actual full-on title race this year. So fingers crossed. I, I don't know if it'll sustain it, but we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's just put this like it feels a lot more. There's a lot more optimism to having one than what we've had mm-hmm. recently. Where even you know before last season, it was like you would get in the middle of October and be like, "All right, well, Liverpool and City are there. No one else looks like there's any chance that they're going to be there. Mm-hmm. And let's just see what happens." So at least there feels like there's multiple teams in there. And, you know, Newcastle seemed to be coming back around and getting into some form. Uh, right below that, you know, you've still got the Brightons and Villas of the world who are playing some good ball. Um, yeah, you've got your mid-table fodder, your Chelsea's, your Manchester United's. Uh, so somebody, you know, somebody gets to at least get points off of those uh, mid-table losers. <laughs> Oh, I say that now. Say that no now. way it comes back to bite you. <laughs> no, this can never come back to bite me. Um, you know, as as literally uh, the other night, I was starting to put a tweet out during the at the end of the Miami Georgia Tech game. So, oh no, oh no. Yeah. Luckily, I never hit send on that tweet. But you know, <laughs> as I was typing it, everything went to hell. So. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 good with this shit. So, um, but yeah, yeah, you know, uh, that's what we're that's what we're looking at. I think we got the opportunity to have a really exciting uh, Premier League this season, which is which is nice. Mm-hmm. Which is nice. The the nation state hasn't completely completely ruined the league quite yet. Not 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 yet this year. Oh, mm. Give them, mm. give, them give it time. time. Um, well, with that, uh, we can take a look again at the full table uh, as we head into international break two for the season. Uh, as I mentioned, Tottenham Hotspur are currently on top through goals scored. Uh, they are joint with on points with Arsenal. City right now two points back. Liverpool three points back. And then it's Aston Villa in fifth place, along with Brighton and Hove right there behind them. Uh, Newcastle and West Ham just a little bit back from there from those uh, European spots at the bottom of your heart, the relegation zone uh, Lutton right now, actually completely outside of it. Uh, thanks to goal differential uh, Burnley though, are in it along with Bournemouth and Sheffield United, Sheffield United still on just one point. And right now as part of Everton watch Everton are three points clear of the oh, drop. Zone. Look at them, a, 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 a dynamic bounce back season for Everton. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that dynamic bounce back season continues next week, because next week, uh, again, not this weekend, because it's international break weekend next of Saturday, 7.30 a.m. Got to Got to be. Got to be 7.30 a.m. Um, actually, a big day of matches <clears throat> starts with the Merseyside Derby. Uh, at Anfield, Liverpool versus Everton. Then at 10 a.m., uh, you'll get Bournemouth Wolves, Brentford, Burnley, City, Brighton, 
which that could be a fun one. Uh, Newcastle Palace, Nottingham Forest versus Lutton. And at 12.30, it's a London Derby with Chelsea Arsenal. And at 3 p.m., Sheffield United hosts Manchester United. 11.30 on that Sunday, it'll be Villa West Ham. And on Monday Night Football, it'll be Tottenham versus Fulham in another London Derby. That's at 3 p.m. So that's your uh, Premier League wrap-up for the week. Um, And again, we are going to international break. Um, So uh, I think we are on Euro qualification watch. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about that next week uh, because no actual Euro qualification matches have taken place yet. So we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about that next week, I believe. Um, So with that, we're just going to we're just going to hit the athletic here um, with some news and notes. Um, Oliver Kay wrote a great piece uh, this past week. Uh, more, more, more Bukayo Saka's generation and the rest that, that never seems to come. Uh, rest in this case being like uh, rehab and all that stuff, yeah. not the rest of the people that never seem to come. Um, and this is something, uh, Oliver K does a great job in this article, um, but this is something we have been talking about on this podcast for quite a while now um, with the way that this matches upon matches keep getting piled up from different competitions the way the summer is just completely dissolving. I think they said uh, in one part here, and I'm going to see if I can find it real quick. Um, yeah, uh, Saka's uh, 2023 campaign, which included that Winter World Cup, um, ended with a European Championship qualifier against North Macedonia on June 19th. He was back at Arsenal for preseason training 19 days later on July 8th. So yeah, Bakayo Saka, after a weird year where there was that Winter World Cup and everything, essentially got like less than three weeks of vacation that's we can't do this guys we can't do this anymore uh and he's basically a kid yeah oh yeah um there was a fifth pro uh the a group that represents uh professional soccer players um that said that they recommend a minimum of 28 days rest between seasons ideally up to 42 which is like a month and a half, which I don't know, that sounds pretty normal to me, especially compared to, to other sports here in America. I mean, we, you know, well, you, the latest you're ending your baseball season is the beginning of November and you're not reporting until mid-February. That's going to do some quick math here. I believe that's three and a half months. Now, granted, you're still like training and stuff and doing that, but you're not actually playing and doing super demanding stuff every single day in those right and you're months. you're spending time with your family mm-hmm. and you're you know you're taking a vacation yep. and, and you know you're like you say you, you can get on a little regular schedule where hey i get up i work out i might hit i might throw you know but then i'm hanging out with my kids or um you know mm-hmm. me and my wife are going somewhere um you know, seeing the world you're you're and, and mentally it's just mm-hmm. you're you're relaxing mentally yes exactly uh, cause that is the other big component is it's, it's also about being able to turn your brain off for a little bit. Um, and that's simply not happening now. Uh, I do think it's interesting that he also opens up, uh, with Arteta talking about it. Um, you know, he says, look at the top players in the world. They play 70 matches in every three days and they make the difference and win the game. You want to be at the top. You have to be able to do that. There is not a fitness coach in the world who is going to tell me they cannot do that. I've seen it. 72 games score 50 goals. The players don't score 50 goals if they play 38 games in a season. It's impossible, which, yeah, I guess because math, 
but like i i just i i don't understand i know they want to be competitors you 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 have that drive in you you don't really with very few exceptions you don't get to this level without that kind of drive but at some point coaches heads need to be the people the responsible people in the room and say hey you're destroying your body we you need to stop you need actual time off and unfortunately mm-hmm. because this is going to shock everybody people want more money uh that's probably not going to happen so Wes, i don't i don't know truly what the solution is i just because we're just going to keep getting more matches we're gonna when we change the champions league format that's going to add more matches with the swiss stage i i just I don't really know what the solution is going forward, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I, I, <clears throat> and the thing is, I mean, I'm not the one to, I'm not the one getting paid millions of dollars to figure this shit out. So, uh, you know, you guys who are need to figure it out. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, I mean, <clears throat> I, I guess this, I don't know if you were going to mention this in news or notes or not, but just take possibly the example of Eden Hazard. Mm-hmm. who just retired like in the last few days at the age of 32 years old. Mm-hmm. And Eden Hazard was a guy who was, you know, easily top five players in the world. Cruising along, cruising along, cruising along. And all of a sudden, now there could be a, a myriad of reasons for this as well. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, Eden Hazard, he didn't gradually get worse. He just went to shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, but part of it is you you look back at the load that that dude was carrying, you know, because Chelsea was playing multiple competitions a lot, deep into the year, and he was playing most all of them. Uh, Belgium were yep. running deep into into international competitions, and he was their he was their main man. And here you go, all of a sudden, at like at like twenty nine, thirty years old, this dude just like all of a sudden is just, it's over. He is done. And luckily for him, he had that nice long contract with Real Madrid, which I'm sure they're loving (laughs) at this point. Oh yeah. But yeah, he had the long contract, so he got paid, but I mean, he was done. And I, I think you've got to look at the fact that the dude was playing 60, 70 matches a year. I think it broke him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I actually, uh, what yes. we had, that was going to be a, a, another article here from Simon Johnson. Uh, yes. And as art was what football should be about the joy of expressing yourself on a pitch, talking about uh, him retiring at the age of 32. And I think you're right. And I think uh, as is, you know, an interesting case study because in, in a lot of the articles, you know, that kind of came out about it is, that that he didn't i don't want to say didn't have the drive but i i think you know even you heard his dad talking about it you know a little bit it was like no he just he kind of went to his own beat he did what he wanted to do and and when he's like he could have been the best player in the world but he just didn't really want to be but you know i certainly think that you know if it wasn't partly for the load uh, that he ha- was under, you know, it even talks about Josie, uh, Josie Mourinho of all people kind of starts off the article talking about how, uh, as gets, was getting beaten around in the, 
in the Premier League all the way back in 2015. Um, and that's certainly obviously not going to help a lot of guys either. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, th I think you're 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 really right there. And I I think once we start seeing a couple guys maybe going down this route as well, like, you know, in the article, you know, they taught not this uh, Azard article, but in the one before, um, you know, they mentioned, you know, guys like Jude Bellingham who is basically doing this load as a teenager. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and, and, you know, you have to think of like, well, they're, they have, you know, top of the line training facilities. We're, we're smarter about how to train athletes than we ever have been in any other point in human history. Uh, we have all these, these regulated diets and exercise regiments and everything. But like how much is still going to be too much. And that's like his generation, like, like Saka, like Bellingham, when these guys, when they get exposed to even more matches, will we see a generation <laughs> that, you know, at 28 is just like, nah, fuck it. I'm done. I got, you know, my, you know, my 30, 40 million. I'm good. I, I, my body doesn't really feel like getting up every day and playing, you know, and training as hard as it possibly can and playing, you know, 70, 80 matches a year anymore. You know, I'm just, I'm done. And I, I think that's, that would suck. Um, and it would, it would be kind of interesting if like, you know, to bring it back, Messi and Ronaldo were kind of like the last mm -hmm. ones that, that could play for a long time. So yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. This is an interesting for all the wrong reasons. Um, well, and I will throw out a couple of names just because they're guys that are ours. Um, you look at a few guys who, you know, their longevity is still there. Um, you know, Harry Kane. Yep. Is getting there. Uh, and Mo Salah. So mm -hmm. uh, even though Kane, Kane has his injury issues. Yeah. And, and, and has wonder, for a long time. So. Um. Because I was going to say real quick, uh, I don't remember when did Salah really start, though? Um, uh, let me see. Mohamed Salah. Um, he joined. So he's 31 now. He just mm -hmm. turned 31 a few months ago and he joined Liverpool. Um, I think so in his was, 25 season. Uh, 2017. Yeah, I think he was age. It was like his age twenty five oh, season. Yeah. season. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, before that, you know, he was at uh, Fiorentina. He was at uh, or no, he was he was at Roma, Fiorentina, yep. Chelsea. Um, maybe he was a young ballet. Can't remember yeah. where he was. Yeah, uh, Basil. 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 That was it. He was an exposition. <laughs> um. So yeah, I do wonder like so you mentioned him and then Kane probably mm -hmm. started I want to say 23 not the wrestler wikipedia please please Kane please sir, please what are we doing here My god that's that's what you need is a 7 foot 300 pound striker <laughs> Yeah um so Kane Harry Kane scores a hat trick and choke slams a goal um <laughs> so he might be a good one because he would he's he's essentially been playing like top top um for about about 10 years now he finished his norwich mm -hmm. loan um in 2013 
So that would have been when he, about when he joined Tottenham. So yeah, he, he spent about 10 years there. So yeah, Kane could be one. We'll have to see, you know, especially as you mentioned, the injuries, we'll have to see how much longer he keeps playing. Um, and because he is such an important person for England, um, he's mm-hmm. going to be obviously, you know, critical at the next Euros next year, um, at the World Cup, presumably in 2026. Um, so, yeah, I think he's going to be a fascinating one before we hit this current generation of um, of guys like Saka and Bellingham. Uh, what uh, Kane is, I think, going to be a big bellwether to see how long he lasts. Um, mm-hmm. He's obviously somebody that takes really good care of himself. But as you mentioned, because of his injuries, how much time has that cut off like the back end of his career? So. But you know, the one big thing about Kane that I'll say, Kane has never had really the monster, like massive injuries, I guess, so much. Yeah. Yeah. Kane's had like some niggling injuries. I think the most he ever missed, he missed a few months, what, with the ankle a few years ago? Yeah. But I mean, that was more like, oh, you know, he hurt his ankle while playing, but it wasn't like he destroyed it and had to have it reconstructed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, it's not like, it's not like Virgil van Dyke's knee, which he's, let's be real. Virgil van Dyke has never been the same since that piece of shit took him out and didn't even get a fucking yellow card for it. But, um, yeah, you know, so Kane never had that injury, really. So, you know, you could almost take an NBA quote with Kane and be like, yeah, Kane's had some injuries, but it's almost maybe given him, like, some load management over the years. True, yeah. You know, I that's mean, if you kind of want to look at it that style way. load management. That's what we need. Yeah, that's exactly. It's called your, it's called, uh, it's called the league cup. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, you know, then you look at Mo Salah and, you know, like you said, Salah didn't play that extremely high level quite as long. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he he got the Chelsea move early in his career, but didn't play a lot at Chelsea. So really didn't get back into the Premier League until it was about 25. Uh, Salah has been remarkably robust and, um, you know, really really outside of another piece of shit trying to, you know, hurting him in a Champions League final. Um, God, these pieces of shit are everywhere, aren't they? Um, I mean, Salah's never really had the bad injury problems. Yeah, I think part of it's part of it can also be contributed to, like, their style, where, you know, Eden Hazard got beat up the way he played. Yeah. Because he played that style where it was like, it, it was almost kind of like the Jack Grealish style. Now, I think Grealish takes his to like another level of, you know, inviting contact and getting penalties and everything. But Hazard was kind of like that. You know, Hazard was always trying to take somebody on. I think that could have contributed to it. And I think, you know, that's just something where like, you know, guys are going to have to, you know, like the older guys get. I mean, you look at Messi, you look at Ronaldo, they have adjusted their playing style over the years. Mm-hmm. They can't just take the ball at midfield and run through people like they used to, especially, you know, Messi. He's got to pick a pass, pick this, pick that. And I think for Harry Kane, that's a big thing that he's done is Kane has evolved over the years. You know, you always heard of him, oh, at Spurs, he dropped deep and he initiated play. Well, sometimes that kept him from getting the pounding as well that he was getting if he was just staying in the box the whole time. Yeah. 
So, yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with this group. I, I, clearly, something needs to be done, and it's also fairly clear that nothing will be done. So we'll we'll see. No, hopefully, because there's money. There's money to be made. Yeah, hopefully, you know, guys like Bellingham can have really strong careers. Um, long, strong we'll careers. See. We will see. Um, <clears throat> we're not going to go too much into this one, um, but I thought this was a great story that came out literally today uh, by Adam Crafton. Uh, the day Manchester United staff confronted Richard Arnold over Greenwood, Anthony, and how the club treat women. Uh, nothing we haven't really been over before and how United was kind of pieces of shit. In this situation, especially, and this is beyond like our haha, we like to make fun of United. This is just as people, this was really shitty. Um, mm -hmm. So go re read uh, that and the the shitty non-answers Richard Arnold gave uh, during during this all staff meeting. Um, so, yeah, that kind of sucks. Uh, but we'll end news and notes with a good thing. Uh, and it was this. Uh, Christian Pulisic scores late winner to send AC Milan top of Serie A as Oliver, Olivier Giroud ends game and goal. Uh, that was that was a wild one. Um, but most Ooh. importantly, uh, Christian Pulisic uh, freed from the the shackles of Chelsea uh, is is playing some good football again. Uh, he's linked up with uh, his U.S. Uh, teammate Yunus Musa on the, on the side there. And uh, that was part of the, the the pairing that got them the one nil victory for AC Milan this past weekend. So, um, you know, not that we we keep too much tabs on the the U.S. players here, um, but I and just sort of starting to look ahead. And I think we kind of mentioned this before, um, but as we look ahead to 2024, while the U.S. has started to pick up some more pieces to the puzzle, Pulisic was such a a big piece. And getting him into a place where he's going to get regular minutes and and have moments like this is really good. You know, we talked a little bit about uh, not that he's a U.S. player, but how Jude Bellingham like has instantly like become one of the guys for Real Madrid, um, and the kind of boost that's going to be for England, I think, is going to be phenomenal. Pulisic, I'm hoping the same thing sort of happens here. I'm hoping this gets him some confidence back, and and when he gets back into the U.S. team that he can kind of transform this into something positive for them. I'm hopeful for that. I don't know. And obviously Pulisic, one of the big things in his career has been injuries. We'll have to hope that that's, you know, nothing really bad happens at, in Italy for him. Um, but yeah, just, just really good uh, to see him playing well in his new surroundings, Wes, and, and really, really making a difference still in Europe. It is, and um, it, it seems like the Italian, the Italians uh, in Milan, have taken to him. They kind of have jumped with the whole Captain America moniker over there. And I mean, just give the kid credit, man. He seems reborn over there, which <laughs> could just be the fact he got the hell out of Chelsea. Yeah, which seems to work for a lot of people. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, he's he's doing a great job, and he's going over there, and he's he's not just this little tiny cog in this giant machine. He's a big part of Madrid's success early in the season, and that kind of confidence, that kind of performance, it can only help him uh, not only with his European career going forward, but also with his international career. You got to figure it's got to rub off a little bit somewhere. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, and really good for him. Good for him, man. Yeah, he's he's very he's very easy to root for. So hopefully things will continue to uh, to go well for him there. Um, with that, uh, this now is the time in the podcast where we pimp the athletic. Uh, Wes, what great articles have you been reading in the athletic? This week? Got a few good ones for us here. Uh, you guys all love a good human interest piece. Uh, Harmon Dial on uh, this came out last Thursday. Now, you guys, if if you don't know about uh, what I think about the sport of hockey, <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm I'm not a big fan. I mean, nothing, no big hate on hockey. It's not a bad spectator sport. I just I get no I get nothing out of watching hockey on television. But anyway, I found this article very interesting. When NHL players get sent down, it's like going from steak to chicken fingers. Um, this time of the year, especially for baseball with the playoffs going on, you're, you're hearing all these stories about, oh, man, these guys, they're getting called up to the major leagues. Um, yeah, uh, there was a kid from North Carolina who just got called up, I think, for the Padres before the season ended. You've got rookies who are seeing their first big action in these playoffs as we watch them. You hear all about the guys going up every year, and that's awesome. What about the guys who get sent down? Yeah. You never really think about that too much. But, man, what's it like going down when, you know, we've all, well, I won't say we've all seen Bull Durham because <laughs> maybe we all have it. But, you know, when when Crash Davis is on the bus and he's enthralling his teammates with, Man, what's it like in the big leagues? Oh, no, you don't carry your bag in the big leagues. You know, uh, someone carries it for you. And, you know, just things like that where, you know, everything, when you when you make it into the big time, it's like living in a different world. Well, man, what happens when suddenly you go from, uh, you know, you go from the big leagues back to Toledo? Ugh. I mean, Toledo's bad enough at any time. I'm, I'm just trying to think of triple A teams. You know, you go from uh, you go from Chicago to Charlotte. No offense against Charlotte, but you know, or I, I, see, I was gonna say Tampa to Durham, but that might actually be an improvement at the end of the day. <laughs> you know, Tampa's its own special pile of Get shit. More fans. Exactly. Well, okay, and, and I'll say uh, be, because they just. They just apparently played three playoff games in the Baltimore Orioles. You know, you go from Baltimore to Norfolk, and it's just like, man, I was here, I was in the big time, and now I'm back in Norfolk. Yeah. Shit. Um, but but I just I thought that was a really good way to do it. It's like going from steak to chicken fingers. And it's a really, it's a really fun article just talking about guys having to go back in and adjust to going down, which is it's kind of the uh the the sadder part of sport are guys who have to go down. Um, interesting story here. Um, let me get back to it. Searching for the truth about Messi's mysterious bodyguard. Oh, I saw that. One. Oh my goodness. So if you've seen it, there's like all kinds of rumors about this dude. Like, Oh, I've heard he's a former Navy SEAL. I've heard he's a professional MMA cage fighter. Uh, the, the truth is somewhere out there. We'll just put it that way. It's, it's an interesting little read. I find this guy kind of fascinating. I looked at his Instagram. He's got some hella good workouts on there. I can't <laughs> do them. 
but <laughs> because I don't have like a 12 pack like this dude does. But um, he's actually pretty cool, man. I really appreciate watching him put people in chuckles. <laughs> <laughs> because as we know, I'm a borderline horrible person. <laughs> so, so I almost find myself like, come on, somebody, try to go hug Messi. It's like, I want to see Yasin Cheku. I want to see him hug somebody because his hugs are fun. <laughs> Once again, they're fun for me. But anyway, and, and then finally, Ed, uh, my third story is not so much more a feature story like we usually touch here. But man, the implications of this Japanese phenom, Rintaro Sasaki, skipping mm. the NPB to play college baseball in the U.S., um, this kid who, uh, is the top high school player in Japan expected to be the number one pick in the, uh, Nippon professional baseball draft, uh, has decided he is not going to submit an application and he is planning to come to the United States to play college baseball. Mm. Now you're like, okay, big deal. What's he doing with that? So here's the thing. If you sign for an NPB team, which is of course the, the natural, uh, the natural timeline for Japanese baseball players. Basically, any time in there, your team can decide to post you, which means that uh, to make you available to basically major league teams, um, they can do that at any time, but you're not contractually obligated to be free to do anything until you've played nine years in that league. So you're saying if you come out as an 18-year-old, you're looking at best like being 27 years old before you have the chance to go to the United States. So this kid is basically turning down a guaranteed, I think it looked like about 3 to $4 million a year to be the number one pick over there. He's turning down a guarantee on that to take a chance, come to the United States, and uh, he's, he's going to go the college route. Now, that could be a couple of different things. Uh, he could go to your regular four-year college, in which case he's locked in for three years. If he goes to, I've, I've heard Vanderbilt in California bandied about, uh, mm -hmm. just extremely unofficially. But like, say he decides to go to Vanderbilt. All right, well, he can come. He's got to stay for three years before he can get in the draft. Um, or he could take kind of the loophole, which is he could come over. He could pull what Bryce Harper pulled, and he could go play a year of junior college ball, and he could be in the draft immediately pretty much. Um, after one year, he can be in the draft. So, you know, with that, he uh, he kind of starts his clock. It does explain in there, you know, why. Well, you know, why wouldn't he just sign as a as an international free agent? Well, there's money involved in that. There's things involved with that um, where it might be more advantageous for him to go through the college uh, route. But it's a really interesting article, especially if you kind of um, want to dive into a little bit of the minutia. Of, um, of of being an international player. I uh, get to the comments. You can see they start talking about NIL. Um, it, it's, an, it's an interesting read and an interesting comment section read as well. Hmm. And apparently this kid's like 6'5", 250, and it's just, he, apparently he, he set like the, the Japanese like high school home run record which apparently in Japan, high school is like almost, if not bigger than pro baseball over there. Dang. Like they have, they have like this big national high school tournament every year to, to basically crown like the national champion. And it's like the biggest 
tournament in Japan every year, which I find awesome. Hmm. That is pretty cool. Yeah. Weird dang. Yeah. Oh, all right then. Um, I got two uh, quick stories here. Um, <clears throat> one, uh, EA Sports FC 24 and the challenges of rebranding FIFA, one of sports' most iconic franchises from Mar Mark Crickley and Jay Harris. Um, just kind of going into the new edition of the EA uh, football video game. Uh, now that it is the first one no longer under the FIFA branding and kind of just showing like potentially how big of a mistake fifa made because kind of seems like not that many people really care that it's not called fifa anymore especially when they still mm -hmm. have all the players and all the teams and pretty much all the stadiums and everything like not much change they just pretty much won't get to do the world cup anymore so eh, it's it's still they still get to gamble on on ultimate teams so i think it's the most <laughs> important thing for most of them um so yeah uh check that out and um and see kind of what was the process of that and uh i do think uh at the end of the day they'll never admit it but i think fifa might be ruining the day they didn't that they went a little crazy in their demands for uh for uh from ea to to pony up for yes, more money FIFA. uh and then the other one uh just came out today from Brittany Garoli. Orioles season was special, which is why the last four days were so painful. Um, cause yeah, mm, I agree. It, it, it was, uh, it was really interesting too. Cause I remember like, if you go back to game one, it felt like in the span of 90 seconds, it went from, Oh man, Orioles are going to actually come back and win this game to Oh, the game is over and they lost. Um, because I think it was like, they had a man on first, nobody out down a run. And it's like a two Oh count. And uh -huh. then the man on first tries to steal and gets thrown out. And then the guy at bat strikes out. And then the guy on the next pitch hits a ground out. And it's like, oh, the game's over. It's just like, oh, like, that was, that was the one to win. That was the one to win. And they oh, blew yes. it. Um, but yeah, it does suck because this was also a very likable Orioles team. Um, it even, you know, kind of made the owners do some things like committing to to Camden Yards for renewing their lease, which was great. Um, but uh, hopefully this Baltimore team goes and spends a little bit in the offseason um, <laughs> because it, it, it would be pretty cool to see to see Baltimore make a make a sustained push with a lot of these young guys like Rushman um, and Cedric Mullins. Oh, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully there's something. And Gunnar yeah. Henderson. And, yep. Yeah, that's a good young group that they've got there. It's going to be interesting when half those guys are Red Sox and Yankees in about five years. <laughs> um, and, real and quick, and that, that was my last uh, story. Um, I did look it up. The Braves in their their big run from the from the early '90s into the, the mid 2000s, um, they, they won. I want to say here. Let me pull it back up. 14 straight division titles. Right. Um, they made the World Series five times. Uh, so far, this Dodgers group has won uh, every division title since 2013, except for 2021, uh, when I think they tied with the Giants or for one game back or something. Um, or they had to play an extra game. I don't know. Either way. Uh, but they've been finishing first basically every year. They have made three World Series 
And as you mentioned, mm-hmm. only won the COVID one in 2020. So, yeah, the I think, I think though, after that Braves one, this is the second most disappointing dynasty, especially if they lose again tonight. Um, well, and, and on top of it, it's not just that. I mean, you just look at, like, the litany of superstars that have played for these Dodgers teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God, just look at the arms that have come through there. And, and it's been one of those things. It's like, they're not like the Yankees where it's just, oh, we got to go get big three agents. I mean, they, the Dodgers have done everything the right way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've gone out, they, when they've spent money, uh, outside of maybe Trevor Bauer, but that's a whole nother subject <laughs> on its own. Yeah. Which, yeah. by the way, there was a there was a solution to that recently, and yeah. apparently some people kind of owe Trevor Bauer and Pauly maybe. But anyway, um, I mean, outside of the whole Trevor Bauer debacle, the Dodgers haven't really gone out, and it's not like they've signed a bunch of big bad contracts. So they're not mm-hmm. the Yankees. Mm-hmm. They're not the Red Sox doing. Stupid shit. Um, they're not the Mets, you know, breaking the bank and nobody doing shit. I mean, everybody they've signed, it seems like they do really well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and they're drafting well. Their their player development is absolutely fantastic. And then it just seems like, man, they get to October and all of a sudden it's like those buttholes just pucker up. Yeah. And they just they just can't get it done in October. So it's like you're looking at them like, man, this is the model team. And then, you know, all these other teams are winning World Series. <laughs> when in actuality, I hate to say, we all know the real model team is Houston, which just sickens everyone, but still. Yeah. They're in their seventh straight ALCS, by the way. You want to talk about gross? Go Texas. Yeah, yeah. I guess I guess we need to start figuring out who we're pulling for the rest of the way in these playoffs. Um, is, this is this is Bryce Harper's playoff. I'm just saying. I. It's red I, October in. I I just can't get behind Philadelphia. I just can't. Get, I can't do it. See, what sucks for me is I really don't like the Phillies. Yeah. I don't like the city of Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> Their fans are just hideous human beings for the most part. But man, I love Bryce Harper. I really like Trey Turner. <laughs> I really like their team is the problem. So Brandon Marsh is a little much with the hair and the beard, but you know, whatever. So gross. So gross. Yeah, it's great. It's great. The Dodgers have 12 outs to turn it around. Um, Gurriel is up with the bases loaded. So. Oh, wow. I guess I'm ahead of you. Oh, yeah, you must be then. Well, I guess they've got 12 outs. As Gurriel grounds out. There you go. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, watch four. Let's do the watch four. Wes, what have you been watching? Beyond playoff baseball, I guess, in the week that was the week that will be. Beyond baseball and beyond um, college football. How does it seem like I watched something? I didn't. I do have this sweet giant TV now. But I'll watch the sports on it. Um, 
There are a few things, though. So, Ed, mm-hmm. the next time we pod, I will have been to the Eros tour. Yes, yes. In via via movie theater. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be this weekend. We're going to get all Eros toured out. Um, there is a movie coming out that I'm very intrigued to see. It is the latest Martin Scorsese movie. Um, Killers of the Flower Moon, I think it's called. Oh. Um, it's Scorsese, it's DiCaprio, it's De Niro. It's refreshing. Um, <laughs> but apparently it is based on a uh, it's based on a, a true um, uh, murder um, that happened back in the 1920s. Uh, members of the Osage Native American tribe, Osage County, Oklahoma, are murdered after oil is found on their land. And apparently this is like a, a big thing about how the FBI was formed. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 it looks like it could be really good. Plus the fact, I mean, it's Martin Scorsese with De Niro and Leah. Sorry, go. those guys, just, those guys are just great. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to that. I want to try to check that one out sometime soon. Um, for me, I uh, in since I am still home alone for the next next week and oh, and actually we're, uh, we're, we're at we're at six days now. I have been catching uh, up on a lot of TV. Uh, I have finished or caught up on three animated shows in the past like four days. Uh, number one is an anime called Mob Psycho One Hundred. It's great. It's a fucking amazing coming of age, <laughs> hilarious, like psychic powers, slice of life story. It's it's fantastic, wonderful, has one of the best opening intro songs of all time. Just it's great. Uh, I watched I finished another one that only had one season called The Hero is Overly Cautious. It's it, it starts great and just falls off a cliff about halfway through and it is not not worth it. Um, thankfully, it was short. The last one. That I am now fully caught up, I guess, until a new episode comes out this week or next week or whenever, is Archer. I caught up from mid of season 11, and we are now in season 14. I binged it over the course of like two days. Um, It's magical, isn't it? It was a lot of Archer. Oh, man. Um, Wow. It is... It is really <laughs> different considering where we started this show 14 years ago. Oh my. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, oh, obviously yes, we mentioned it before, but uh, rest in peace, Jessica Walter. Oh, uh, that was brutal. I had kind of forgotten about that until, until the episode. And like, it was funny. Cause during the episode, I was like, Oh wait, isn't she, didn't she pass Poor away? And then, like, at the end of the episode, it hits, and I'm like, oh, shit, that's right. Damn it. <sighs> so, um, I will say, I, 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 don't, I don't love this new person that's on the team here in season 14. Um, I actually kind of like that Lana's now the head of the agency. Spoilers, I guess, for Archer. Um, <laughs> I guess I, I actually kind of do like that Lana is now the head of the agency. I don't like this new... Uh, British British person lady that they have uh, as part of the team. I, she's it, it, it's weird. I, I was about to say something and then I realized how weird it was going to sound about 
a character in Archer. But I was going to say she's very <laughs> unlikable. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of a prerequisite I, for most of the characters on this show. I was about to say, name me someone who has hardly any redeeming qualities on that show. <laughs> exactly. But it's it's weird. I can't I can't figure it out where everyone else is a terrible person, but endearing in their own way. I don't know if it's just because I've seen them in many more episodes. And this person was just kind of dropped in. But yeah, I I don't I don't really like it. She's she's a terrible person and not in a good way. I don't know. It's I, I can't explain why when I when like uh Pam and Cheryl, Carol and Lana and Cyril and Krieger and Archer especially are all like terrible human beings. But I love them. <laughs> And then this person comes in and it's not even quite as bad as all of them, but it's just like, I just find you obnoxious. I don't know. She needs to eat a bowl of spider webs. <laughs> Rub sand in your eyes and make oh. sure it's the coarse sand. Oh man. I, there was a, there was a Woodhouse callback like oh. that. And I forgot what it was, what he was saying, but like somebody, I, I think it was somebody was asking Archer, like, how do you deal with someone who annoys you? And he was like, "You made them eat a bowl of spider webs." I was a like, bowl of spider webs. Exactly. I remember that. I remember that was good. So I don't know. It's it's been fun to see Barry back in his different forms. That's right. been fun. Um. So yeah, I actually, it's not as good as it was. I still quite yeah. like it, but it's, uh, it's now that I've binged like three seasons in a row, I'm like. <laughs> I don't need to watch it when it comes out. I'm I'll just catch up on my own time again. So it's not you I think you lose a lot with Mallory going. Yeah. It's true. Just because she was like, God, it's like every character on that show, you could almost call him like a glue character. Mm -hmm. But she was so important to that show because she was such a shit. Yeah. But the most wonderful shit. And she yeah. was like Archer's greatest antagonist. Mm -hmm. I mean, it it does it takes away not hearing her and having her doing her shit and Oh yeah. Mallory. I miss you, Mallory. Yeah. So we'll always, we'll always have the first oh. five seasons. Oh magnificent. Oh, and real quick, um, I actually have to add one to my watch for. I how can I totally forget this shit? Um Netflix has dropped Beckham. Oh right, because I sent you the clip from it. Oh yeah, and I watched the first two episodes, and man, I'm gonna tell you, it's really good. Uh, now, folks, obviously. If you, spoiler alert, I'm not a Manchester United fan. What? If no one's noticed yet, I don't really care for the red part of Manchester or the blue part. I don't really <laughs> care for Manchester anyway. Um, but I have always had this soft spot for David Beckham because I think he's just magical just as a person. Um, this is it, the first two episodes. They are really, really good. The second episode basically goes through the treble season. Mm. And it's the season I, I've forgotten kind of in my memory bank that this was the season like directly after he got sent off versus Argentina in the World Cup. 
mm. in 98. Mm-hmm. So Beckham was basically like the most hated person in England. Because, of course, in typical 90s British tabloid fashion, everything was just like the most explosive shit of all time. And then Glenn Hoddle, who was the England manager, then basically tried to cover his own ass by by trying to just to blame Beckham for him losing. And um, I'm going to tell you, man, you want to talk about a level of fucking abuse. Like, I don't think it's as bad as it used to be. You know, people are so aware now of, like, mental health and, you know, bullying and shit like that. Back then, they didn't give a damn. Yeah. They just, they absolutely demolished. I mean, it was him. They were demolishing Victoria. Victoria Beckham is, like, pregnant during this whole thing. And people are just like dog cussing her and telling her she's a piece of shit and blaming her for him getting a damn red card. Uh, one of the highlights of that episode is um, when they've got Diego Simeone on there and they're asking him about it. Because if we if we forget, it was Simeone who got him sent off doing his Argentinian dark arts <laughs> bullshit. As I told my wife, nothing has changed with this man. True, true. <laughs> like she looked at the first one about God, he looks like an asshole. I'm like, yeah, he yeah. is. <laughs> like, he's a complete asshole. There's a reason he and wears all she, black when he's a coach. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not Pochettino reason. It's because yeah. he is a villain of everything he does. So um, but man, it is really, really good. The worst part is that United still won the treble at the end of it. But, you know, from a Beckham standpoint, you're almost like, good for you, David. Good for you. <laughs> um, so I, I, I want to get back into it and watch the last two episodes uh, because apparently it goes in depth on the whole like Fergie uh, hitting Beckham with the boot incident. Um, them, him leaving United, a lot of the stuff behind it. But it's it's uh it's been really good. I, I would if you enjoy the football, I would definitely uh, recommend what I've seen so far. All right. So super go. cool, and you get to see all these sweet old Beckham hairstyles, which are just like, <laughs> oh my god, this man is just this man is glorious in every sense of the word. <laughs> oh goodness. Well, if you have Netflix, check that out. Um, that is going to do it for this episode of the podcast. 478 is done and dusted. Uh, thanks, of course, to our podcast providers, including podcasters for Spotify, Stitcher, Stitcher, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, Google Podcasts, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can find us on social media as a collective. We are at AFA Pod. Wes, you are. I'm at Wes Bradshaw 21. And I am at Edward Green. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, with more fun times. Uh, talking about, uh, I actually believe it's the end of Euro qualification next week. Uh, let me let me double check that real quick. Um, mm. But while I'm checking that, uh, before we get out of here, Wes, is there anything else you wanted to mention before we wrap up the pod? Well, folks, I've alluded to it earlier. Man, uh, college football season, it's already freaking week seven of college football season. I am not cool with this. This shit is going by. Way too freaking fast. But folks, I'll tell you one thing. Man, we have got some big time freaking matchups coming this week. 
Um, the, the, the biggest one to me right down the road, I had the chance to go, but Eras tour, bruh, Miami traveling to North Carolina. That should be a battle of undefeateds, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, Miami, Miami Why pulled, is it not a batch of undefeated teams because Miami channeled their inner, uh, Everton, Clemson, NC state all in one. Uh, in the last 30 seconds of that game <laughs> against uh, uh, Georgia oh, Tech last man. week. And somehow, I still can't really figure it out. Somehow, Mario Cristobal's like, oh, let's just run the ball. It's like, um, you don't have to. Oh, no. This didn't work. And now Miami are 4-1 and one instead of 5-0, and oh, but whatever. Uh, now, the real game of the week happens. It's the 3.30 Eastern time ABC game. Uh, the Ducks of Oregon ranked eighth in the country, heading to Seattle to take on the number seven Washington Huskies. I uh, don't know if it's going to be the battle for the outright um, Pac-10 regular season title, but I'll tell you what, the winning team definitely has uh, has the inside track on being first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas A&M heading to Rocky Top to take on Tennessee. Uh, Auburn, LSU, uh, and man, the, uh, another big one for you, UCLA at Oregon State, and then another big one, the mighty Trojans of Southern California will travel across the country to take on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Whoa, Nelly. <laughs> man, hey, do you remember when that guy announced like an entire quarter of Southern Nash football once? I couldn't believe we got Keith Jackson to do a quarter of high school football. And John Gruden to join him. Yeah. It was just magnificent. I mean, we had pro tips and whoa Nellies flying and never got a complaint. Helps when no one watches. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I can't get in trouble. No one listens to this. So fine. True. 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 Let me tell you about Wesleyan football. Let me not. <laughs> Anyway, uh, yeah, there you go for me. I'm uh, that. That's my thing this week. Another big football week. Andy Restore. Excellent, excellent. And that will do it for us here for my calling crime, West Bradshaw. I am Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining this week. We'll be back next week with more from the international break. Until then, everyone, please stay safe and enjoy the football. And good night, Everton. You're still down there. You still stink. And we're going to see you. We're going to see you boys real soon. And it's not going to end well for you. Go Reds. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, look at that. Wesley and Wesley getting their, their first win of the season. Yay. Good, mm. good on y'all. Good didn't on. know. Didn't care. Was it on the road? They always went on the road, it seems like. Uh, was, was this win on the road? I don't know. They uh, never win at home. Well, the article is dated. Or is from LaGrange. So I'm. Oh, guessing. they must have gone on the road then. <laughs> like, honestly, I don't know if they've won in.